Welcome to my workshop. I've titled this Healing for Your Father Wounds. My name is Dr. Michelle Watson, and I'm so excited that you're here listening. I know that I can't see you right now, but I can imagine you right now listening. You're tucked wherever you're tucked, and you're in a cozy place. And I just would love to begin by just inviting you to open your hands out in front of you. I'm doing the same thing right now, and I would love to just begin with prayer because we're entering into a time where we are doing this different than we had originally planned in person. But I know that the Holy Spirit is leading and going before, and He's going to meet us in this time together. So with your hands out in front of you, just imagine that mine are right here and that we're looking at each other face to face, heart to heart, as we open our hands before the triune God. So Abba, Father, God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, I pray that right now in this time that we're spending together, this woman across from me, me across from her, you are wrapping your embrace around us, Father, Son, and Spirit. You know what we're going to talk about. You know the deep wounds in the heart of this woman that's meeting with me right now. And would you meet us in a way that only you can? Would you allow things to come forward that need to be exposed to the truth of who you are as each woman gets to know whose she is. We belong to you. I thank you that that's a truth that remains no matter what our experiences have been, no matter what we feel like. So we open ourselves to you now and ask that you would meet us in this time together. And I thank you in advance that you're going to do that for your glory. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Well, in my four decades of interacting with women, I honestly have lost count now of all who have expressed to me what it's like to live with pain from a dad who has what I'll call dealt blows to her heart, leaving deep, deep wounds. In fact, I've got some of my story that I'm going to unpack for you later today. And the truth is that we've all had experiences with our earthly dads that have left some kind of a mark, right? And then there's some of you that are suffering from the absence of a father, which has then left a void and has left you unprepared to deal with life. Or maybe more like me, you had a dad that wasn't the main cause of your harm, but the wounds that you still have are left from your grandfather. So that'll be more of the story that I'll tell you about later. But the bottom line is we all get what we get, right? We don't get to choose the guy that we call dad or father or padre or grandpa, whatever you've called that father figure in your life. And I know that sometimes we wish we could choose the guy who was in that role. But if we peel back the layers, the truth is that many of the issues, I'll say in quotes, that we women face are tied directly to our relationship with our dad. Do I hear an amen? Well, you know that the research supports this. Maybe you don't know this. That's why I want to tell you that I love research because it backs up sometimes the things that we live with. And the truth is that research confirms that the quality of the father-daughter relationship impacts every part of our life, women, from self-esteem to depression and anxiety levels to academic achievement to career choices sexual decisions, to rates of substance abuse, and on it goes. The truth is, the more involved a father is in the life of a daughter, the more healthy she is mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. Let me just say it another way. If your dad didn't notice you, you most likely yearn to be noticed and applauded. If your dad didn't tell you that you were beautiful, 
you probably have experienced being easily manipulated or misled, all because you have a longing to be beautiful in someone's eyes. If your dad didn't tell you that he loved you, undoubtedly you've been looking for love. What? In all the wrong places. Legitimate need, illegitimate fix. And if your dad didn't affirm you, you've probably become an overachiever who never feels like you've done enough to ever be accepted. But underneath all of that, you've longed for your dad's approval, for your dad's acceptance. Guess why? Because God made it work that way. Because our identity and who we are is tied to our father's. I know you know that already, so I'm just telling you what you already know, and maybe if you haven't ever put words to it, this is what you've lived with. Now, if that was the end of the story, it would be heartbreaking, but the good news, actually the great news, is that healing can come to those who have, quote, daddy issues. Of course, it doesn't happen overnight, but the more we anoint our hurts, with the balm of God's word and his truth, as his letter, his love letter pours into our hearts and the Trinity comes around us as the ultimate healthy family, right? Father, Jesus is like a brother. Holy Spirit is a nurturer like a mother. They're the ultimate healthy family. And as they gather around us, the more we will come to believe what our heavenly father says about us. And I've heard the truth that if we're not okay with God as a father, maybe because of our earthly father wounds or grandfather wounds, then Jesus, if you're okay with him, he'll introduce you to God as a father. If you're okay with the Holy Spirit, ask the Holy Spirit to introduce you to God as a father. And the member of the Trinity that we're the most comfortable with will introduce us to God as a father. Here's the truth that I fully believe, and I, I just, I'm holding my hands out right now. I'm just wanting to place this truth right into your hands that you can then take into your heart. And that's the truth that whether or not we even had the best dad or the worst dad in the world, but either way, we all need more than our earthly father can give. Now, you might be asking, why does it matter if we experience healing for father wounds? I mean, if we all have them, why does it even matter? Well, I'll answer with an illustration. Physical injuries, as you know, you've probably had them, we all have, they limit our mobility and our freedom. And it's the same with emotional and relational injuries. We're all limited by the places where we're hurt. And let's be honest, we as women do not do well when our relationships are in disarray or disharmony. Do I hear an amen? Of course you're all saying, this This is the truth that I live with all the time. I mean, I've, I've sometimes in my counseling office, I'll tell you a little bit, little bit about me in a minute, but in my counseling office, I've been a therapist now for 24 years and I've been doing ministry for over 40. But the truth is that you can tell when a woman has a wall up. I mean, it's almost funny. It really isn't, I know. But when you watch a woman put a wall up and it is closed for business, and I'll say, men, can you tell when, she, when, when she's put up a wall? They're like, oh, yeah. And then I'll ask women, can you tell when he has a wall up? And oftentimes they'll say, no, I don't, I don't think I would say it that way. Well, if we as women all really have a PhD, that's piled higher and deeper. We have PhDs in wall building. I mean, when we're hurt, when our relationships aren't well, we show it. I tell you, I'm the first in line for that. 
because we just know how to put a wall up to say, you will not hurt me anymore. So if any of you women have undealt with father wounds, you may think it's not affecting your other relationships. Well, I respectfully disagree because when we're not doing well relationally, it shows in all of our lives, right? So even if you have a dad who isn't willing to look at his stuff or take responsibility for what he's done to you or not done, that's the voids, he hasn't showed up to you or with you or in your life, you still can heal. And I am living proof of that, that we can heal from relational wounds where we've been the victim of choices made against us. And today I stand here and I share my own story that I'm going to unpack in a minute And I want to just tell you that there's hope for healing. Nope, it's not a quick fix. It's not a pat answer here that I'm going to give you. But I pray, as I just prayed at the beginning, that God will move the needle for you so that there's movement. Of course, after one workshop, you're not going to be at the other side of this. But I just pray that the Holy Spirit will deposit one truth into your heart and your life where the needle will move even slightly because we're all in process, right? And if that can happen for you today, I say thank you, Lord Jesus and Abba Father for doing that. Well, let me tell you a little bit about me. Okay, take a breath, sit back. Okay, let me tell you a little bit about me. You don't have to think for a minute. I'm the oldest of four girls. I said yes to Jesus when I was six years old on Easter Sunday with my best friend, Jill Polly in junior church. And it was an Easter Sunday. And I literally remember feeling different that day. I know, right? Like, I don't know how God does that through the Holy Spirit, but I was like, I feel clean. This is definitely different. So grew up then when I was in fourth grade, we moved from California to Portland. So my dad could go to Western Seminary and become a pastor. Well, they made me go to Bible college. I know, right? Legalistic, I guess you could say, but God works, right? Mysterious ways. So I start at Multnomah. They make me go to Bible college for a year. I ended up being a cheerleader. I wanted to come back. So I kept going. Three years later, I have a degree in biblical education. I mean, what on earth do you do with that? Well, not much, to be honest with you. But there, Bible college, post-Bible college. Then I became a dental assistant and did youth ministry on the side. But that's how I paid for my life. And I always say mental dental, give me the head. That's where I'm comfortable. And then now 28 years old, I'm doing youth ministry, just volunteer in a church, And I started dating a guy who was in a band. And, oh, that was really cool. It was me and four guys. But this guy was really abusive mentally, emotionally. I mean, one time I wrote down 66 things he didn't like about me when we had broken up. Okay, it gets worse. I started dating him again after that. I mean, who does that if there isn't some stuff there? But here I'm a pastor's daughter at that point. I'm a Bible college grad. I'm doing youth ministry. I mean, many people would look at me. I also did you know, music, I did worship and right. I looked all together to many people, but then why would I be drawn to an abuser? There had to be more to that story. I mean, how many of you show of hands, just put your hand up right now. If you're like me, where you look like you have it together, but the wounds inside lead you to make poor choices relationally. Well, I look now back at that and say, you know, Dan was kind of like an old shoe. Like he felt familiar to me. Of course I didn't like it, but I, I took it. I was used to being treated on the inside of me like that. So, of course, it showed up on the outside in that relationship. But then, through God's providence, he let me to, led me to a counselor when I was 28. 
uh, actually, I think I was 29. That was probably closer to it. 30, I start doing my work. That wiped out my 30s, women. I'm not kidding you. Bottom line, my 30s sucked because I was like trying to love Jesus over here and deal with, you know, deal with, I should say that, with, with my stuff, trying to keep a lid on it, trying to love Jesus and love people, love youth. But man, I couldn't keep it down and it began to bubble up and I began to gain, gain weight and on that story goes. I'll tell you that in a few minutes. But long story short, God brought healing to my life and that, like I said, wiped out my 30s in many ways, but I would do it again because the amount of money I put into counseling, I say I could have bought a house because I didn't have insurance, but I would do it again because this is the house God built. Oh my goodness, that's the stuff that usually brings tears to my eyes because I'm so grateful for the building and the rebuilding that God has done in my heart and my life. And everything I'm living now is mercy. And I just turned 60 years old. I can't believe that. I mean, come on. That's it's getting up there. But I want to implore those of you that say, I don't want to do the work. I don't want to do the hard work. Do it. It's worth it on the other side. So then about 10 years ago, I was having my quiet time. It was December of 2009. I'm reading in Luke 1 that God told Zechariah, you're yet to be born, son John. He's going to help turn the hearts of fathers to their children. And I heard God say, Michelle, that's what I want you to do. And I'm like, are you kidding me? You guys, I've never been married. 60 years old, I've never been married. Well, who am I to help minister to men and turn their hearts? But leave it to God where he's like, nope, you're exactly who I want because you would have disqualified yourself from that assignment. But I understand heart wounds. I understand heart issues. And he said, yep, I want you to understand. I want you because you understand how to turn the hearts because your hearts turn toward me. And I want you to now help turn the hearts of fathers. And I'm like, okay, who am I to to dispute the almighty in an assignment. And so here I am 10 years later leading men. Yes, leading men in my home counseling office in Tigard, Oregon. And now we meet once a month for nine months. Every year I've led 10 groups now. And it is the joy of my life to help equip fathers to dial into their daughter's heart space. So as I come to you today, women, and talk about healing for father wounds, not only is this part of my own story, but I've been privileged now to walk alongside many fathers who have wounded their daughters. I, I kind of target 13 to 30, but some of these dads have older daughters than even that. And I'm telling you, they a lot of times don't know how to rebuild or build a bridge to their daughter's heart, and they come hungry. So I just want you to know that I now have a radio program. It's called The Dad Whisperer. And this isn't just a promo. I just want you to know about me and my heart and my passion because I really want to see God heal women across our country. And I believe that if women found healing for father wounds, our country would change. So I'm targeting you as women and I'm targeting dads as fathers and saying, how do we bring women and men together, dads and daughters together to bring healing? Because the healthier that women are, like I said, it will change our country from the ground up. If you want more resources, you, you can go to my website. It's just drmichellewatson.com. You can find my you know, podcasts and my radio program information there. I have free resources. And then I wrote my first book, Dad, here's what I really need from you, a guide for connecting with your daughter's heart. So you can buy that for your husband or boyfriend or maybe even for your dad. And then I have a new book that's coming out next month, August of 2020. And it's just called Let's Talk Conversation Starters for Dads and Daughters. So again, resources that if you want more information after today's workshop, that's how you can connect with me and get those, those resources. So here's the bottom line. 
My goal is to equip dads to invest more intentionally and consistently into their daughters' hearts so that we can have healthier women in our country because fathers are strategically then being able to meet the felt needs of their girls if they have a resource in front of them. And that's really what I want to do. So now back to you. Okay, back to you as women. So I don't know about you, but I used to be better at hiding things that were yucky or unpleasant or coming up and bleeding out of me, but I'm so over it. Are you with me? Like, come on, let's take our masks off. And I have to laugh at that that term because it's one I've loved forever. You probably have too. Let's take our masks off. Well, hello, after COVID, we're all used to wearing masks. Aren't we all wanting to get them off our faces and just go back to life as we know it? Well, women, this is a metaphorical phrase too. Why don't we just take our masks off today? I'll take mine off. You take yours off. We'll sit across from each other unashamed, seen and known to say, okay, here's my stuff. What's yours? Let's be honest about it because we all have stuff, right? It's just a matter of being honest about it. It's a matter of bringing it before God's throne and letting him redeem the broken parts of us. I don't know about you, but I love John six twelve. That's where Jesus had just fed the 5,000. And I love what he said to them. He said, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. Say that with me, those four words. Let nothing be wasted. God can restore and redeem the things that we bring to him, but he can't do that if we don't admit that we're broken. So why don't we just start today on this topic of father wounds by bringing our broken pieces before the throne of God to say, okay, here they are. I don't know what to do with them. But somehow, if you're not going to waste it, I'm going to believe you. I love Jeremiah 8, 21 and 22 in the Living Bible. Here's what it says. For the brokenness of, of the daughters of my people, God says, I am broken. He said this through the prophet Jeremiah. I mourn. Anxiety has gripped me. Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then has not the health of the daughters of my people been restored? I mean, isn't that the question? Why have we as women not had more balm to the wounded places? I don't fully know the answer to that other than I know the enemy wants us broken. He wants us unhealthy. He wants us stuck in our wounds so that we're not empowered to be who he's called us to be and who he's made us to be as his image bearers. So I want to share with you what the love of Abba Father can do to a broken woman to show that healing is possible for the wounds we carry. So I want to start by playing a game with you. This is a word association game. Maybe you've heard of Sigmund Freud. He started... Okay, did you hear me just bang my microphone? Okay, I move with my hands, so just just ignore all these bangs on the microphone. Okay, I want to share with you, as I said, a a fun game. Okay, word association. I'm going to give you a prompt word. And how that works is Sigma Freud said, you're going to find out what's in your unconscious by hearing a word and then saying whatever word comes to your mind. Okay, so I'm going to give you a prompt word. And I want you to say whatever word comes to your mind. Just say it out loud as if we're just talking to each other. So here's the word, water. Okay, go. What are three words that come to mind when you hear the word water? Okay, there you go. You might have said thirst, refreshing, shower, drink, pool, ocean. Okay, those might have been some words that came to your mind. But what if you lived in Sendai, Japan in March of 2011 and there was a 9.0 earthquake and tsunami that devastated your city, took everything out, 
and I give you that same prompt word, water. Hmm, I bet you'd say some different words. Maybe you would say destruction, devastation, death. So the point I want to make is that the word itself only has meaning within the context of your history and what you've lived through. So now I'm going to give you another prompt word. And I want you to say out loud three words that immediately come to mind with that prompt word. Are you ready? Father. Say them out loud. Don't overthink it. Just write it. And you might want to write it down. Maybe you're taking notes while you're doing this workshop. Write them down. I have given this exercise and and kind of this conversation. I've had this conversation with many women. And here's some of the words that I've heard. Awesome. Connected engaged. Then I've heard absent. I've heard abusive. I've heard destructive. I've heard angry, dismissive, and on it goes. So let me ask, when you say the words that you just said about your father, do any of those words describe God as a father to you? If you're like many women, most women, in fact, that I've talked with, they say, Absolutely, those go together. Let me tell you about my friend Elena. So back in 2011, I spoke at a conference in Colorado. And I gave this this same exercise to the women. And here's what she wrote to me immediately after the conference. She said, I wanted to tell you that it was kind of hard for me to connect with what you're doing with dads because my bio dad is almost totally absent. And my stepdad is, well, my stepdad. So it seems almost impossible that I could ever use the skills you're teaching. However, she put in caps, I found it really helpful when you had us free associate words for father. I came up with absent, jerk, and lonely, which really helped me when I was talking to my counselor yesterday, trying to describe my experience of my dad's. Anyway, I'm so grateful that you're doing this work with dads. If there had been someone like you around or a workbook detailing what you do, it might not have had to be this way between me and either of my dads. Now listen to what she put next. I I have this in caps and underlined. She said, maybe then I would have a better image of God and would not hop from father figure to father figure trying to find someone to affirm me and feed my father hunger. So I wrote her back and asked if I could share her story. And here was her response. It's cool with me if you want to share my story, because even you asking that validates that my experience was real and painful. Thank you. So fathers impact their children in three ways. First of all, father wounds. These are these are specific things, easier to say, specific things that a dad does do to hurt his child. Maybe that's your story with your dad. It might have been physical, verbal, sexual, even spiritual or emotional wounding, right? Some of you may have had spiritual abuse where your dad was in ministry and did not represent God as a father very well. So father wounds, first way, a father impacts his kids. Number two, a father void, That might be an absence. It's the things that a dad or your dad didn't do. Some of you may even prefer the word father vacuum, feeling like he sucked things out of your life. Okay, those are 
broken promises, unkept commitments, lack of time, not investing financially or emotionally or spiritually or mentally or relationally. And you heard Elena use the word father hunger. There's books about that, that maybe you just said, I've, I've been so hungry and starved for a father's attention. Yep, that's led me to look for love in other places. But maybe that's your story, father voids. And then a third way is father gifts. Those are things a dad does do to invest in his child or in you. His legacy, letting you know in word and action that you're valuable and worthy and special and treasured and loved and adored and respected. So depending on which hand you were dealt, you may have had one, two, or all three of these dynamics play out with your dad. But because we're all flawed human beings, I imagine that most of us have had a bit of all three. So the question then isn't whether we were hurt by our father or if we are hurt by our father, but when and what kind of hurt, hurt we've had from our father or our grandfather. So how about if I dive a little bit more into my story? So I had extreme, extreme fears through most of my life. In fact, it was in adulthood around age 23 that God began out of the blue bringing back memories, flashbacks, daymares and nightmares. They would come up at the most inopportune times that were about abuse. And I remember at first I thought, I'm making this up. Where is this coming from? This doesn't make sense. But they started getting more and more clear and more and more intrusive. Maybe you can relate to that. So I have complex PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. And in my 20s, I gained about 50 pounds. Oh, yeah, that was fun. I had an eating disorder that was uh, called binge eating disorder. So that oftentimes for us as Christian women, we're like, well, I'm not maybe going to have a sex addiction. It's not going to go in that direction. Or, you know, I, I, I think we all, all maybe hide things through shopping. That one has been one for me. Like it doesn't show up as much, right? It might not be alcohol addiction or drug addiction, but boy, through food, I found that I would just numb the pain and numb the anxiety that I had you know, or shop a little bit here or there, but that wasn't even always an option because I didn't have money. So food really worked well for me. I didn't trust guys. I didn't date a lot, you know, kind of unconsciously. They weren't, they weren't real safe for me. Lots of emotional instability. You could ask my sisters and my parents about that. And then around age 28, 29, I started asking myself, why am I such a wreck? This doesn't make sense. I love Jesus and I love God and I love the church and I'm the bride of Christ, but I am a mess. And so the after effects of all those, you know, events and gaining weight and all that stuff, I mean, really it was a lack of confidence, extreme fears, as I said, lots of lasting psychological trauma. And the truth is, Women, I have a lot of abuse in my history, a lot of abuse. Much of it, I would just say, would turn your hair green. You'd think, you look two together. Oh, yes, I've had someone say that to me. You look two together to have had that dark history. Well, I think we all, depending on who we are, can, can have differing levels of how much we cover it well with makeup, with ministry, whatever it is. But the truth is that due to the nature of my abuse, I struggle with my body, with trusting men, with authority, even with God, I mean, I just projected my, my experiences onto God as a father. So I was in counseling for eight years, yet yeah, most of my 30s. And God led me to a counselor who used to go memory after memory with me into these horrific memories, into these abuse stories. And she would ask the question over and over, where is Jesus? And for many years, I would say, he isn't here. 
He doesn't show up to places like this. I mean, I don't know about you, but I couldn't find a chapter or a verse that said he's in it. I knew, you know, Psalm 23, God goes with you through the valley of the shadow of death. But I'm like, I don't know what that really means for my story because I knew all the pat answers in my head of who God was and I couldn't reconcile those with what was coming up to be healed. The truth is, though, that Jesus trauma bonded with me through those processes, which is the strongest bond we can ever have with someone else. He brought truth to the lies that I believed about him, about myself, about God as a father, about the world, about the church, about men, about about authority, and on it goes. Well, here's the, the deal. I know I'm giving you the fast version of my story, but about 10 years ago, I was asked for the first time after I'd started the ABBA project. I guess I forgot to tell you, that's the name of the ministry God led me to start. The ABBA project, right? ABBA means daddy in Aramaic and men love a project. So that's the work that I do with dads. But when I was asked for the first time to speak on this topic of father wounds, I went, okay, great. I'll love and I'd love to come and share what I'm doing. But guess what? All of a sudden, I literally had the closest thing to a panic attack that I'd never had. I had tons of anxiety, but never a full-on panic attack. But I went, I've never connected with God as a father. How on earth am I going to talk about fathering from that vantage point? Because I'm not going to talk about something I haven't lived. And in a way that only God could do. Because I've learned over time to listen to his voice. Truth be told, I didn't learn that in Bible college. That came really in the trenches Okay, I'm going to digress for a minute. Well, if you were sitting here in a workshop, I'd go off on tangents as you would, as you couldn't believe. Because I love the tangents. That's the scenic view, right? Okay, here's the scenic view. If you've never heard God's voice, I have a threefold way that I say you'll hear him. One, it always comes fast. Two, it's not what I was just thinking. And three, it always lines up with the word of God. So I've learned to really do that litmus test with going, is that me? Because I used to think that the thought that just dropped into my head was probably my own thoughts. I've come to hear God's voice now. And I'm like, okay, that came way too fast. I wasn't contemplating that. That was just a download from the spirit. Number two, it's usually not what I was just thinking. Okay, so back to this lines up with the word. So here I'm thinking, I can't go talk to fathers. I've never connected with God as a father. And just like that, here's what dropped into my mind and into my spirit. When he, I heard God say, do you remember when you were 24 years old, you were living in the basement of your parents' house and there was a time where stuff was coming up to be healed. That's my fancy way of saying it was a mess around me. But really, I, I finally said to God, I was looking at the ceiling one night and I said, I'm so angry at you. And my dad had taught me because he'd been taught this. If you get angry with God, he'll strike you dead. So I said, okay, God, I'm angry with you. Go ahead, strike me dead because I'm not going to lie anymore. And he literally took me back there and said, who did you think would strike you dead? Me or Jesus? And I'm like, oh no, I knew that was the big guy. That's the one that was going to strike me dead. And he said, exactly. See, I was there. Then he took me to another time. And I'm looking right now at a picture that I drew. He said, do you remember back in your counseling? And I knew which picture he meant, but I drew a picture of Psalm 18, verses 16 and 17. And I drew this big circle on a page with a bunch of messy water with this hand coming from the sky, lifting me up out of these deep waters. Because that verse says, he reached down from on high and took hold of me. He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. And he said, whose hand was that 
pulling you out of deep water, me or Jesus? And I'm like, it was you. And he said, exactly. You didn't know I was there because you couldn't handle knowing that I as a father had showed up in your story. So I sent Jesus because I knew you'd be okay with him. And I'm like, oh, good. Okay. You were there all along. I just wasn't ready to know that it was you yet. And women, I'm telling you, maybe you're there just like I was to go, I've got enough father crap that could pack a you know room full. And God is so gracious as a father to say, I'm okay with that. If you just need to know the Holy Spirit, good. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. If you want to know that Jesus was there, Jesus is there. I'm not trying to compete and butt in and show up in your life. But women, I want you to know that more healing has come to my life in the last decade by connecting with God as a father than ever before that. So I don't want you to wait to your 50 like I had to, to connect with God as a father, because it's almost like a three-legged stool. If it's Jesus and the Holy Spirit, still a little lopsided. There's a grounding that has come to me with connecting to God as a father that was not there even through my healing years. And I want you to have that too. And I love how Hosea 11, 3 and 4 says it. And I'm going to put my name in there, but I would love you to put your name in there as well. It was I, God says, who taught Michelle how to walk, taking her by the arms, but she did not realize that it was I who healed her. I led her with cords of human kindness, with ties of love. I lifted the yoke from her neck and I bent down to feed her. Now, I know that if you were all gathered in a room, at least a third, if not half of you would also have, like me, experienced sexual abuse. And mine was from my grandfather. As a little girl, he's the one that did so much harm to me. And then I've had other kinds of harm, other kinds of abuse that have extended beyond that. Some of it has been in organized rings. Some of it has come from spiritual leaders. And and some of that, I'm not going to go into that today. That's not the story I want to tell. But I'm just telling you that my abuse as I said earlier, could turn your hair green. It really messed me up with God as a father because spiritual abuse has happened to me, emotional abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse. I mean, on it goes. And so much of that, as you can imagine, got projected onto the Trinity so that I couldn't go there. I couldn't connect with God as a father. I mean, just to have healing with Jesus was huge, let alone to have God as a father come into my story. I love how my friend Paul Young says it. Here's this quote. It took 50 years to completely wipe my father's face off the face of God. Maybe that's you. You've maybe not even thought about God as a father. You're like, I can't even go there. Maybe that's what prompted you to listen to this workshop about healing for father wounds. But you know what? Here's the truth. If we as women, again, we don't do well relationally, right? When we have a messed up relationship, well, wouldn't that be same with the Trinity? Of course it's the same. If we've got a messed up relationship with one of the three, it's not going to bode well for us to be free and mobile and healthy and whole. But here's what I want to tell you about. Do you think the enemy, yeah, I'm talking about the devil, Satan, whatever you want to call him. I like saying the enemy. Don't you think he might have something to do with not wanting us to be healed because the more healed we are the more empowered we are the more we will impact our families our marriages our communities our nation from a healed place of course the enemy doesn't want this it goes all the way back i believe to genesis 3 where the first four recorded words in the bible 
from Satan were to a woman. You know that, you've read it. And when the enemy came up to her, here's the power-packed words. There's four of them that Eve said to Satan when he said to her, did God really say? He gave her four words and she came back with four. I love that because he wanted to put doubt in her mind. Did God really say that? I mean, can you stand with me? I think of through years, through years of my life, I never thought God really saw me as valuable or loved or respected or adored. Like I'm like, no, I'm not his favorite. There's too much abuse in me to believe that I could ever be that to God. Yeah, it wasn't there. So no wonder I was drawn to an abuser, right? But the truth is, women, there is a power-packed truth here in Genesis 3 because Satan came up and made her doubt that God would ever say that she was loved and valued. He said, did God really say? Here's the truth. He's a counterfeit father. In John 8, he calls Satan the father of what? Lies. I've always been blown away at that. I thought he would have called Satan the father of evil, the father of death, the father of darkness, the father of sin, something like that. No, he has a PhD in lieology. He's the father of lies. He wants to lie to me. He wants to lie to you. And how does he do it? Through our woundedness. That's where we're limited. So think about the fact that Eve, the one who is the mother, right? She's the mother that we all go back to in a way. Here's what she did. She rose up and said, but God did say. That's how we will find healing women is we have got to stand up to the father of lies, not with our truth, but with, with God's truth. That's the sword in our hand to really disempower and disarm the enemy. I'm telling you, my dear sister, this is the key to healing for our father wounds. We have to use our voices to oppose the father of lies by solidly standing on our father's love-breathed promises. We must follow the lead of Eve. We must stand in united defiance against the stealer, the killer, the destroyer, by courageously asserting these words, but my father did say, here's what he has to say about me. And according to Isaiah 49, 16, he says that he will never, ever forget us so much so that he's tattooed our names on his hands. Do you love that? Okay. Yes. I got a tattoo last year. It's on my foot. I would put it right in the air right now, if you were sitting here and it's proto evangelium. That is actually, if you type those words, proto evangelium, it means first proto, evangelium is gospel. That is Genesis 3.15, women. I have it tattooed on my foot. And I want that to be a reminder that I have the power. Genesis 3.15, that is proto-evangelium. That I have the power to stomp on the head of the enemy with the power that I have in Jesus. Okay, come on. Can you tell? I'm getting fired up. Because go get a tattoo. You can email me, Dr. Michelle at gmail.com and we can get matching tattoos because I'm like, come on women, as we stand up in the truth of who we are and whose we are, we have the authority in Christ to stomp on the head of the enemy with the truth of the word of God. So I tattooed it on my foot. Okay. Another little aside, ready for a tangent again, little scenic route. I just got married last month for the first time. If that isn't a story of God's resurrection power, is this little abuse victim in my past 
There's enough restoration now that I am standing ready in wholeness. I've embraced marriage. And I'm so excited that God has led me to a man who lost his wife last year. And he's called me now to come into a family that has had loss and devastation. And I am inheriting a tribe of 24. If that isn't a mark of what God can do when there's healing, I don't know what is. Okay, let me keep going. Because if there was a quick fix, I'd be all over it. I'm a type A. My friends call me type A++. I'm an oldest of four. Like I said, I like everything fast yesterday. Okay, come on. I thought God forgot long ago about me and that he would ever call me. Right in Isaiah, called you Beulah and married. Anybody else claim that one if you're single? I'm like, right. And now I go, see, he was preparing me to step into a family that's really large and he needed to expand my capacity before that assignment. So I'm telling you, if you're in a place where you're like, I'm so sick of my life, right? I'm so sick of COVID. We cannot rush process women. But what we can do in the meantime is say, God, I want you to clean out the closets in my life where I've stuffed the wounds and I've stuffed the the crap that's happened to me because you want to bring healing in preparation for the assignment. Okay. You with me? The truth is we as women, myself included, get stuck in not being able to let go of hurt. Is that just me or is that you too? You ever have a hard time letting go of hurt? I did my doctoral dissertation on the concept of forgiveness, self-forgiveness in relationship to unforgiveness of the self in relation to eating disorders. I really loved seeing that correlation and it's self-blame, self-loathing, self-punishment. But in the research, what I loved was just hearing that forgiveness basically means letting go. Doesn't that, doesn't that sound a lot more practical? <laughs> kind of, it's not so heady and formal. So then we're here as women, right? Going, if I have a father wound or a grandfather wound, how do I let it go? I mean, it sounds really good in theory. I want to be free. I want to deal with my stuff. I want to bring it out of the closet. I'm going to expose it to God, to bring it to the light of God's word, to bring it into the throne room of heaven and say, God, bring healing. But how do we let go? Are you with me in that? I want to quote you, Neil Anderson, from Steps to Freedom in Christ, because I love how he says it. He says, forgiveness is not forgetting. In fact, people who try to forget find they cannot. Amen, right? Forgiveness, he says, is a choice, but it's a crisis of the will, right? It's like, I don't want to have to choose to forgive this person who hurt me. And if your dad has hurt you, I, I think of that process with my grandfather. It's like, I don't want to forgive him. He doesn't deserve that. And so sometimes we get stuck there. But Neil Anderson goes on to say, since God requires us to forgive, it is something we can do. But forgiveness is difficult for us because it pulls against our concept of justice. We want revenge for events for offenses suffered, but we are never told to take our own revenge, according to Romans 12, 19. But maybe we say, why should I let them off the hook? He says, that's precisely the problem. You are still hooked to them and still bound by your past, but you let them off your hook when you forgive, but they are never off God's. He will deal with them fairly, something we cannot do. Pretty powerful, isn't it? How do we let someone off our hook? Isn't that the million dollar question? I mean, another little side journey I'll tell you about is in 
2010. So that was right at the start of the ABBA project. And I look back now with more clarity than I did at the time. And I see that as another layer of God wanting to clean out my stuff. Because again, it's in process. Why didn't he do it 20 years ago, you know, when I was in therapy? But he did it then. And it was it was a random Friday afternoon. And I just heard him tell me, yeah, I was in the shower of all things, maybe where we can finally think and hear his voice. And he said, I want you to go back to Minnesota which was a place of a lot of my abuse with my grandfather. And so I went back there and I wrote the person, a guy in his 80s that had bought this farm from my grandfather because my grandfather died when I was young. And I said, can I come? And I took my mom with me and he said, sure. And I walked into this house and it was as I remembered it. And I literally stood in the doorway, women, and I stood there with my arms raised and I said, This is now a day where I'm taking the power back. Because in my journey, when my counselor would say, where is Jesus in the memory? I never thought he was there. But one day, and I don't know why it was that day in counseling and not another one. It was like with my eyes closed, I could see myself laying there. And that day, in my mind's eye, I saw Jesus standing over over me. And he was stroking my hair with his hands. And I literally saw tears coming down his cheeks for me. And I don't know why that day was different than another day. So I'm saying if you're in a therapy process or just in your own and you may think it's not happening, it's not happening fast enough or happening the way I would imagine, don't give up. Don't give up. Because that day, it was like the Bible college Jesus that I knew came into my story and he was there with tears I could see coming down his cheeks for me. And sometimes people have said, Michelle, what changed in your story? Like, how did you get from there to here? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I just kept showing up and going back to memories and saying, Jesus, where are you? And when I saw him that day, I let go differently. And I thought, Jesus, you've come in, you've partnered with me in my story, you're hearing it with me, and I'm handing you the crap. Have you ever thought, who are we to give the Almighty God? Here you are, Lord of Lords, King of Kings, and I'm giving you abuse, and you give me beauty for these ashes. It just doesn't seem like the gift to give to a king. I want to give gold and frankincense and myrrh, but I'm giving you my brokenness and my woundedness. But you guys, that's the kind of God we serve who says, give give me all those broken pieces I won't waste it and we lay that down at his feet so would you even right now if it resonates with your spirit just get down on your knees like like just get down in a posture of surrender and say God just today again I may have done this a hundred times but I'm going to lay down before your feet the wounds that I'm carrying from my dad, or maybe you're listening to it and your wounds are from your husband or an ex-husband or an abuser, but lay it down. Maybe like me, it's your grandfather and say, I lay this before God as a father, even Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And maybe you read the book, Heaven is for Real for, for Kids. That's my favorite one. But here's that little Colton Burpo. If you were here, I would show you my favorite picture from his book where he He says, my favorite place in all of heaven is near God's throne. And he's standing in front of God, the father. You can only see his lap and Jesus is to the right and the Holy Spirit is to the left. You guys, he's three years old 
And I think if a three-year-old says, my favorite place in heaven is near God's throne as God the Father, and he doesn't need an adult to make him okay, it's a safe place. (laughs) It's a safe place to be. So if you can imagine for a minute that you're here before the throne room of heaven, you're laying down before him again, the broken woundedness that you have. I have a four point, don't we love four point outlines, but it's the word H-E-A-L, heal, that you just, you just see sitting there right now, kneeling there or saying H, honestly face the hurt because what you don't feel can't heal. And you're saying, this is the hurt I'm laying before you, Father. And if you want to say, Jesus, you've got to, you've got to take this to the Father because I just can't get close to him. Good. Stay in the other side of the room. You don't have to get close. Just, just be somewhere where you can kind of tell he's over there, okay? But honestly face the hurt. No more denial. No more minimizing it. No more spiritualizing it. Be honest. That's the mask off piece. H, honestly face the hurt. E, express the pain. Verbally and emotionally, release what's inside of you. I mean, you got to cry about it. You got to talk about it. You got to write about it. Tell another woman about it or another trusted person. So express the pain. Maybe you're doing that right now as you're listening. Maybe you want to press stop for a minute just so you can attend to this wound. I'm a really good crier and salt is in our tears, women. This is how we heal. God made it that way. Let the tears come out. Express the pain. A- H-E-A, allow another to walk with you, to be a safe witness to your pain. You guys, sometimes that's the hardest thing is to trust someone else that they will wisely steward our, our pain and our story. I've been betrayed by people that I trusted with my story. I, I don't think we can stay stuck there. Look, maybe you're going to forgive them today, but lay it down at the foot of Jesus, at the foot of the cross, at the foot, at the feet of the, of the Father, but lay it down and allow another to walk with you. Maybe right now you want to press pause and call someone. Put them on FaceTime. Put them on speakerphone. Invite them over. Allow another to be right there with you. And L, let go of the pain. I mean, I don't know why, but I'm just, I'm just, I don't always cry this much even. Maybe if I saw you, I wouldn't. But what I sense in my spirit is that I'm crying some of your tears right now. I think now at 60, I feel a bit like a mother. Maybe your mom never felt your pain. Maybe your mom wasn't capable. She didn't have a capacity to protect you from your dad or from your grandfather, from another. And I just say, maybe right now on your knees, you want to just hand it to me. I'll, I'll take it. I'm putting my hands out right now. Hand it to me as you let go of it. If you aren't in a place where you can hand it to God as a father or Jesus, I'll do it for you, okay? I'll, I'll hand it to them. I'm not going to carry it and hold it, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to transfer it to them on your behalf. So right now, I'm just, I'm just taking my hands and I'm handing it to Abba Father because I love him right now. I love that name, Abba Daddy. That's how I relate to him now. Sometimes people are like, why do you keep calling him Abba? That's how he, he's a real close friend now to me. I'll hand it off to him. It's not my job to hold it. Galatians 4, 6 says, because you are daughters, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit who calls out Abba Father. Let me say that again. Because you, put your name in there, because I am a daughter of God. God the Father sent the spirit of his son Jesus into my heart. And that spirit is calling out Abba 
Father. I love how my friend David Ekman says it. He says that the Holy Spirit is crying out, you've got a dad. Take your pain to your dad. So women, the last thing I want to do is just invite you through a prayer time. If you can stay there on your knees, stay there. I think that's really one of the cool things right now about listening is wherever you are, nobody else is listening in. Nobody else is looking at you. You get to do business with God, the triune God. And right now, like I said, if you're too afraid to approach the throne, that's okay. Let Jesus or the Holy Spirit walk with you and hold you. But here's what I want to invite you to do. This is kind of in, in partnership with that H-E-A-L outline that I just gave you. Is I want you, maybe it's the first time you've ever done this, to ask Abba, Father God, to give you a picture or a word, or let the Spirit of God or Jesus reveal it to you. But you want to ask Abba, Father, what earthly father wound or void am I carrying that is still weighing me down. And I'm going to be quiet here. I'm not going to count the the seconds, but I want to just let you rest and be still in the presence of, of the triune God as you ask Abba Father God to reveal to you what earthly father wound or void am I carrying that is still weighing me down. And now you get to listen. next I want you to ask him what impact is that wound or void having on me now today in my daily life Okay, next, now ask him, what lie did I learn about me because of that? What lie did I learn about myself because of that event? Next, what lie did I learn about you, Abba Father, because of that event? And now the last one is my favorite. Now ask him, what is your truth for me? He may give you a word. He may give you a picture. But you're saying, okay, Father, if you're really my Abba dad, whose name, who has my name written on the palm of his hand, and you've been there even when I didn't know you were there, as Hosea says, as Isaiah says, I want to right now ask you, what is your truth for me? I'm listening.
Okay. I just want to close by saying the more you know real love from your Abba dad, the more freed up you are to live from your heart and not from your hurt. Let me say that again. The more you know real love from your Abba dad, the more freed up you will be to live from your heart and not your hurt. Because you're his treasure. His DNA is in you. And he delights in you right where you are. If I was with you right now, I would take your hands and I would place in your hand a little glass red heart to serve as a reminder. Maybe there's something today that you can order online or maybe you want to draw a painting of something he gave you today. Journal this out. Tell another person. Write me. But let the process continue. If today wasn't a day that you could meet with Abba, Father, that's okay. Try it again another time in another place. Maybe you need to go outside. Maybe you need to be with someone else that you know, that you respect, who can connect with God as a father, who could do this with you. But there's no shame. He's got it. He's got you covered. You're under his wing, whether you know it or not. And it's all good. So I would love you to take what you learned today and tell one other person. Text someone, email someone, call someone, FaceTime someone, but let whatever he did in you today be something that you now speak out from so that it sticks. And I'd love to close just by praying with you. And I'm just extending my hands out right now over you wherever you are and saying thank you, Alpha Father, that you're a dad who loves no matter our story with our earthly father. And even though perception is projection and we perceive things about you that we've projected on you. I thank you that you don't ever take it personal. You don't ever get in a wad. You don't ever reject us because of that, but you never stop pursuing us. I pray that every woman listening would have some movement today, that that needle would move somehow in having a download from you today. Even if it came from Jesus or the spirit, not from you yet, I just trust that you are a God who heals and delivers and restores because you delight in every woman who's been listening today and every woman on the planet because we're made in your image. Let every woman today rise up and say those first four words that Eve said, but God did say so that we begin to be women who use our voice to stomp on the head of the enemy and say, you do not have authority over me because my father has said this about me that I am delighted in. I am loved, I am adored, and I'm chosen. So I just want to tell each of you women now, as we stand a line before God's throne, I love you, he loves you, you are loved and adored. And God, I pray that you would wrap all of the things that happened today in this time together with your triune presence. Let every woman know she's never less than four because the triune God, you never do anything, Trinity, apart from each other. And your presence is wrapped around every woman here today. Continue to heal our father wounds as we bring them into your presence and your light shines on them to dispel the darkness. So God, we thank you for this time that we could share together remotely I pray that your love would bathe the place and the space where each woman is now. In your mighty name, God, we pray these things. Amen. And again, you can go to my website, drmichellewatson.com. Write me. Tell me what he did in your life through this time together. I'm sending love from my heart to yours today. Kisses. Hope you can feel that. Okay. Bye.